What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Game Plan NFL Week at Week Eight DFS and Betting Angles Breakdown. We are back to break down the NFL Week Eight slate. My name is Kevin Allen, aka the Geek from DFS Army, and I've got the Goat himself, John Statsational Alessia from the Sharp app to break down all the games from the NFL Week 8 slate from a DFS and Betty Angles perspective. What's up, John? How you feeling, my man? Oh, man. I would complain, but who would listen, you know? No one wants complaints. No. You know, I'm just getting old, man. Let me tell you something. I'm just going to give you a little piece of advice here. When I say how you feeling, how you doing, I don't want to know. I know. Well, that's why I said no one's going to listen, but. Feeling good. I got to throw it out there anyway, man. That's all I want to know. Feeling good. All right. Today, we are brought to you once again by our show sponsor, Owner's Box Fantasy Weekly Fantasy Sports. And John, they have launched their NBA product, and I absolutely love it. So you got to check it out. First of all, if you go, if you use the link in the description below to get signed up at Owner's Box and use promo code NFL10, they're going to give you straight up a free entry into their weekly contest, which I happen to have opened on screen here. You can check this out. Owner's box. Now, I want to explain how their NBA works, NBA game works, because it's really cool. We finally get to experience, you really can't experience the weekly for NFL because NFL is once a week. But the way their NBA game works is really cool. And I've just been checking it out. I love it. So here's how it works. Basically, you can choose two players per position group. So I could choose two point guards, you know, two shooting guards, as many players as you really want. And they allow you six total games worth of scoring from each position group. So what that means is like midweek, let's say, you know, your point guards have done really well and you've hit your, your six max because you've got two guys in there, each with four games. You can actually drop the guy, take that salary, apply it somewhere else. So it's like a really interesting format where there's a lot of in-week management. And because the way they set it up is, is like a best ball style so if you start to go over the six games per position then it will just choose the best score so let's say one of your players has a dud you can actually get an extra week of point guard somewhere else to make up for that dud so it's very it's very much a marriage of it's the perfect marriage of season-long nba in a weekly format very very cool if you love fantasy basketball especially season-long fantasy basketball this is the format for you, and I promise you, the Sharks will not mess with this. It's it, it it's very management heavy. In other words, there there's a massive advantage to being aware of what your team is doing and making adjustments in week. So that's pretty much going to favor your fantasy player, like your standard season long fantasy player, significantly over maybe an analytics based DFS guy. So. I really highly recommend this game, uh, the NBA game over at Owner's Box. It's very, very cool. You can use the DFS Army projection models to sort of get a sense of which players to play. But in the end of the day, there's going to be a lot of in-game management, which will allow you to take down these tournaments because I guarantee you most of the people playing are not playing it the right. John, this is this is right up your alley, bro. You would figure out the tricks here. You need to be playing here. Yeah, I would love you we were looking at it before you know we were going over i'm like and then my mind starts uh, starts running but i think your point's a good one where the 
the sharp guys or well sharp guys always have an advantage but there's a lot of sharp guys out there who play five dollars a week you know they don't have the the tools or maybe they don't have the capacity to start playing you know twenty thousand dollars worth of games in a night um the, you know this the tools aren't going to help you as much here like if you're just sharp you understand basketball you understand fantasy basketball you're going to be good at this so i think this is what gives uh it's going to give the average person there's a lot of really smart people out there who aren't necessarily the the top guys in in dfs because they're not playing for tens of thousands you know so this is a i, I think it's a great opportunity for for those of you who are really sharp most people watching this are pretty sharp right because if they're watching this they're, they're watching this they're, yeah. they're into it and you know so i think it's really it's going to be really beneficial to a lot of the a lot of the viewers and listeners what i'm going to suggest and and unwound you got it right read the rules very carefully um as i read it over two or three times I, i'm having the same thoughts that you are john i'm like oh i know how to take advantage of this game you have to understand that best ball component of the game and the fact that if you do have a dud from a player you want to get a seventh you know, a seventh essentially score from from a player at that position group to make up for the dud because of the best ball component of it. So you're allowed to go over six point guard games, but it's only going to count six of them. But every time you play one, you're paying the salary for that player. So, you know, you find a, a bargain somewhere else that opens up an extra week elsewhere. Really, really strategy heavy. And I promise you, most people are not playing it that way. And it's a great contest. 600 person. It's exactly the size contest, John, that I like. Yeah, it's winnable. It's winnable. And and then there's a nice payday, you know, there's a yeah. nice payoff at the end of the it's day. It's perfect. 600 entries, $10. The perfect size. The perfect size. So check that out, guys. Yeah. NFL and when 10. Things are new, you know, when things are new, that's when you have the most advantage. Yep. Yeah, NFL 10 gets you a free entry to it. You don't even have to make a deposit. Don't have to put a credit card in. Nothing. Just use the link in the description of this video below um, on YouTube, the YouTube description. I think it's on the um, DFS Army post as well. So there you go. There's our there's our pitch. Um, really good stuff. All right. Let's get into it, John. NFL week eight. Really interesting as we take an overall view of the slate. Let's see how we look better over here. There we go. Um, as we take an overall view of the slate, because once again, John, is there something going on? Something in the water? Yeah. Like the 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 haves and the have-nots in the NFL this year, it, it's a greater discrepancy than ever before. It's it's unlike anything I've ever seen, right? So I've been doing that the power rankings for probably ten years. That that ranking system, I've never seen a bigger disparity between the top the bottom five teams and the top five teams. Right. Yeah, it's, Usually it's, we get one or two teams that are above like a the 30, you'll get like a 32, 33 ranking, something like that. Um, and then you've always got that one team that lingers around the 15 in, in the rankings. There's just, there's a lot of bad teams and I, you know, it's, it's hard to, are the, are the good teams that good? And are the bad teams that bad? I, I really think the bad teams are, are just that bad. I don't know if the good teams are necessarily that great. I just think there's such a disparity and we haven't seen that in the NFL because of the, you know, the NFL prides itself on having, uh, you know, a little bit more equality and, you know, it's harder to, you know, it's not like baseball where you could put a $250 million team on the field. So, you know, we haven't necessarily seen that in football, but yeah, it's brutal. And every week we have not seen, I don't believe a team that has been favored by more than seven points has won yet this year or lost yet. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely bonkers. And, and I'm going to tell you something. It's affected DFS. And it's affected DFS in a really interesting way. I'm going to tell you how. Because 
we did a lot of back testing and a lot of um, investigation this off season in terms of what style and approach for for lineup construction wins tournaments, right? Did a ton of it. Back tested the entirety of the um, 2020 season, for an example, and we've looked at data from before. And the absolute clear data showed, especially on DraftKings, that in order to take down a tournament, you wanted to do a very specific stack, QB, two pass catchers, one player from the opposing team, one bring back. Now, I will say, I believe that did win the tournament this past week. The br- there was no bring back. There there was no bring? On, I, uh, I feel like it was. I feel like it was. The the Megan no. Joy, a.k.a. Megan the Stallion's um, uh, tournament Millie Maker winner, I believe did have a bring back in it. You could check the it for more, me while while we're going. I thought yeah, no, I'm look, I, I, yeah. I looked at it earlier. Or, so the the Millie winner least, had two. It had a cup with Je- cup and Jefferson with Stafford, but it had nobody on the. What it no, did have was Swift. Swift. Yeah, so it did have a bring back. back. There we go. That is a bring yeah. back. That is it a. Didn't have the, it, it didn't have the wide receiver bring. No back. wide receiver, but it did have the which Swift is kind of wide. So right. my point is, it did work this week, but my greater point, it hasn't worked any of the other weeks. No. So most weeks. We have not had a QB plus two bring back of one. Yeah, everybody, it did have it. We listen. We went over that shit on the. It on the yeah. What the, the problem? The, you know, that was a widespread game, but the game wound up being fairly Close. tight. So it, yeah, but it wasn't. You know, it was unusual because it wasn't that high scoring a game. So uh, points wise, so it no, was just, but it, very concentrated offense. Right, that's what you get. And it was Van Jefferson who was a cheapie right. as the second guy. Look, Megan the Stallion, aka Megan the Mega Joy, won a few different contests with that lineup, which is very uh, impressive that people still, you know, John, you would be very against this. So here's a second um, philosophy that John will be very against. How do you feel about throwing the same 150 into more than one tournament? No, I, it's not that I'm against that. I changed that. I know you, I used to put 900 different lineups in. Yeah. No, I changed that strategy. You're um, not doing that anymore. No, I did that. So last year I changed that. So the logic was, Hey, you know, when the 150 hits, I'm just going to take everything down. Um, so I've changed that in, in all the sports, basketball, baseball. And um, so you saw that in baseball. I, I When I hit the whatever it was, the big eight, whatever game it was, the 111 uh, game, which is the high entry game on baseball, it won 100,000. And then I was like, I wasn't even paying attention to the the smaller one, and it won that one too. So that's like the the hope is on those nights that you hit big, you'll hit for the 200, 250,000. So- so you moved off your philosophy I of did. making as many lineups as possible, and now you're you're putting your same 150 in more than one contest. That's it. Yeah, I put the same 150 in. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of a lot of uh, thought behind that for years. I, I would put, you know, if I was in three different contests, 450 lineups, 600. First of all, it's much. It's it's saved me a lot of time, and because uh, I'm just thinking that I'm diluting. Like the lineups are becoming weaker and weaker. So now I'm just going with the best 150. If it pops, I'm going to take down every tournament that I'm in. There we go. A new a new approach from uh, John Alessia that I was not aware of. Shit, that's really interesting. I still believe that if I'm if I'm putting 300, if I'm if I'm doing two tournaments that are similar in price, I'm I'm putting 300 uniques. I'm 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 not going to repeat the same ones twice. Yeah, it was happening so often. You know where I would the bigger of the usually the the oh, you were just pissed that you were a larger you, tournament. And that was my best lineup, and it you know it finished 80th, but it would have won the the real expensive tournament, you know. 
that well that's why it's see you're that was the problem right so i don't believe i will not do wildly different priced tournaments for that approach like and i'll give you an idea and i'll give you guys who are watching an idea you can really work this like but you've got to have it similar tournament sizes so like for example for me if i'm doing the the five dollar um let's say the flea but there's a bunch of three dollar or four dollar 20 entries that i can access as well i'll just i'll just consider those all the same thing do you understand what i'm saying like mm -hmm. if i was doing the flea but also the millie maker at that point there's such a discrepancy in in the $25 versus the five that it becomes less, um, less, uh, you know, a minus EV situation to maybe put my better lineups in the cheaper one, significantly cheaper with a much smaller prize. So, and, and you're even doing the 33, like I've seen you guys are like, you're maxing out like even the more expensive style of contest. So, or, so, or the 44 or something when they're bigger ones. So that, that doesn't jive. You can't be treating your thirties, your 25s, the same as a five because that's going to mess with your uh, overall ROI. So I still believe in it. I think more uniques are better, but you got to really be careful about the sizing of the con. Cause I see what you're saying. You know, you don't want to hit like the 20 K to first when you had a 200 K to first um, entry as well that misses. Um, so yeah, I totally get that anyway, but Megan, the stallion, AKA Megan joy. She won them both. She took down the nine. She took down the, the Millie Maker. So clearly she, he, don't know. They, clearly they are awesome at DFS, but also really putting out a lot of money each week to put, um, to max out a Millie Maker and the $9 with the same lineups. All right, let's get into it, guys. NFL week eight. So we've got what we talked about, which is a widespread of games where most of them have ridiculously uh, giant spreads for the favorite. Most of the best teams on the slate are heavily favored. And it makes it, once again, this weird situation where we really might not be advantaged by only doing QB plus two bring back of one type lineups. A few of these games, you simply cannot do that. It's not smart, but we still might want to stack those games. Makes it a little weird. Makes it a little weird. But we'll talk about that as we break down these games. All right, John, let's go to the core four first. Um, the way the game plan works, John and I will take a look at the core four games, four games that we picked out as competitive, have a little bit more potential to pop, uh, and have a little maybe more DFS interest than some of the others, or just are more interesting to talk about. So let's get into it. The core four, first game on the core four, we've got the Eagles going to Detroit to take on the Lions. Eagles, Road, Three and a half point favorites, 48 point projected game total. And John, I was on with um, Gargano on the Sharp app last night talking, you know, he's uh, he's Mr. Philly. He's Mr. Philly, Anthony Gargano, talking about this game. And he said he just can't. I, I think maybe he's a little too close to the team. He says, I can't lay points on the Eagles. I just can't. Well, I think that's what happens when you're when it. When it's your team, when it's the local team. Yes, that's what I, I'm saying. The local boy. This is, you know, this is one of those lines. This is like the uh the three and a half. But by the way, people are are they're overdoing it now. It's like people used to not maybe pay as much attention to these half points, the hooks we call them, the two and a half. Now it's like 
I, I refuse to bet a game if it's if it's uh, minus three and a half. You know, if you saw the numbers, I don't have the minus three and a half numbers, but like the games that are plus two and a half. Not that I would tell you to blindly bet plus two and a half, but they're winning, um, you know, more than they're losing. So like, don't you know, don't be afraid. If you like the game, you like the game. Um, and uh, you know, I, I hear people talk about I, I, I would just buy the point, you know, buy the half point or whatever. You don't have to do that in all instances. A lot of times, really, that half point they're overcharging you for it. There's a price. There's a there's a value on that half point. But anyway. Um, I do lean towards Philly myself here in this game. Um, the public is definitely on Detroit. I think the money's more 50-50. So we see there's, there is a little bit of sharp money coming in on the Philly side of this game. Uh, but the public, I don't, I don't, and I don't know why that is. I, you know, it's obviously, I mean, it's a, a team that hasn't won a game yet. And uh, so usually you don't see much public money coming in. You know, but. I, I kind of think that Detroit has been competitive and I, and I do think there's a general consensus overview that the Eagles suck. Well, the Eagles do suck, but so, you know, so does Detroit. Yeah. I, I get that point where Detroit's kind of been in these games. They could have beat Baltimore. Um, they had Minnesota. They played competitive against yeah. real teams. Even last week yeah. against the Rams. Yeah. Rams. A, they, they're of the shit teams. Let's put it this way of the garbage teams in the NFL. Detroit has shown more effort and been more alive in games than like, you know, than let's say the Jets or, or, you know, Houston, well, Houston a little bit, but the Jets are really Houston or those really, really bad teams. Even, yeah, you know, it might be worse than Detroit. It, it, that, I think that definitely holds true. I think part of it, I think people don't think this team, this is not an own set. Like, you know what it is? There's so many bad teams like we talked about. That they're not uh, they're not out there on an island where everyone's fo- everyone's like they're not going to go Owens. Oh, this is not an Owen seventeen team. Like they're going to win. Uh, some people in our chat, you know, for the sharp uh, the sharp out, we've got the uh, Discord chat, and there was a there was a you know a, a futures bet on like which team was going to finally knock them off. Um, so there's a lot of interest in people, or which team will they finally knock off and not you know get their first win? Um, is it of course, uh, Philly yeah. was the um, was could was, be Philly if it's going to yeah, happen. I mean, obviously, they, that's who they have coming up. So they're the most likely candidate. This was before the Rams game, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't see it. I think I think Philly wins this guy. I think I think they're getting a little too much value. I want to see how this line moves. Take a look at the line as it moves throughout the week. If you see this line drop down, certainly I I would seriously doubt it ever gets under three. But it even was, if it gets, I I, I want to three, point out used three line. I would be um, I would be less confident in Philly if this thing gets to four. Then I think you. I think Philly is easily the bet here because that that's indicating to me that there's some pretty smart money on the Philly side. Uh, I will say that last night when we did the um, the Wise Guys show, some of the lines were still at minus three, so minus three was still available on a couple of books. It wasn't fully minus three and a half yet, so we had already a little bit of movement in that direction towards the Eagles for whatever that's worth. Yeah, if you're in, if you know, I actually gave the game out as a pick yesterday because I wanted to get it before, um, before that game moved. So we get we um, that's that's part of the advantage, you know, especially with the sharp app is yeah. looking where you can get the best price. Huge advantage to getting the three and a half or three. But like I said, don't be afraid of the three and a half when you like it. Absolutely. A game. All right. So DFS so. angles here. Um, I really like this game for DFS purposes. One of my favorites of the week. Um, because th- there's multiple reasons, but part of it is is the Swift bring back. And part of it is just, okay, this is one of the very few games where 
A, it's close. B, the home team is a slight underdog. That's that's something I really like. Um, C, neither team can play defense. Uh, all of the ingredients are here for good fantasy goodness. Um, as a quarterback, Jalen Hurts, you might think he sucks as a player. That's fine. Don't care. Only care about fantasy scoring. And from a fantasy scoring perspective, this guy has not disappointed not once this season. He's he's produced 20 fantasy points or more every single week of the year. Is his passing very efficient? No, but he's a willing thrower, which is good enough for me. And his pass catchers are all priced down appropriately. So when you talk about the Eagle side of this game, it's really, and, and actually, I, I don't even mind Goff. I know, crazy Kevin, what are you, crazy? Uh, I don't mind Goff. So on the Eagle side of this game, though, you've got what has essentially been an elite scoring quarterback um, connected to very cheap pass catchers. I don't care if it's Devonta Smith, Quez Watkins. I'm not into Jalen Rager, but he did score a touchdown last week, whatever that's worth. And of course, Dallas Goddard, no competition at the tight end position on the Eagles. And even, even Kenny Gainwell, pass catching running back, can kind of be thrown in this mix of, you know, there's no Miles Sanders this week. I don't think Gainwell is going to get all the touches, but he'll get a little bit of a boost in workload. He's been good, too. I think he's actually good. It's unfortunate that they're they're not going to give him the ball because their coaching staff is, is really bad, by the way. Again, problems with, with the Eagles side. But you can bring it back with Hawkinson. Great matchup against the Eagles. Tight end position. Uh, Swift. Everybody talking about Swift. Amin-Ra, you want to get fucking Egyptian with it? I'm fine with that. And and um, Amin-Ra is not the best. It's actually been the Wiz Khalif Raymond who's been the best. But I, I don't love any of the pass catchers necessarily that are wide receivers <laughs> for, for the Lions. He's like, I don't love those guys. I definitely like Swift and Hawkinson more. But sure, I mean, the, Wiz Khalifa, he's been, his price has been hiked up to a point where I almost think you can't play him. I just want to see one quick statistic here and show it from last week if I can find the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, you know, Boston Scott. So it was Kenny Gainwell, 50%. Um, Boston Scott, 33%. But Gainwell got a lot of targets in that game, uh, 22%. Um, Scott, a couple of targets, but it was mostly Gainwell. So I do think there's some merit here to Gainwell being used as a pass catcher. Um, in this one as well, and, and he could be paired up with Hertz. And John, this is going to blow your mind. I don't even mind playing Jared Goff. I know it's fucked up. I know he's not good. But if he, my, my thought is he's the cheapest he's ever going to be. And if there was ever a game, this is it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he's going to have a good game this year, this is the one. Yeah, but look, Philly has been pretty good against quarterbacks that's just because it's so easy to run on them but they're not going to run they're not going to run the football they're going to throw it to swift so goff gets the points in that in that i know what you're saying but it's because the eagles have been so bad against the run that there's been no reason to throw but but detroit doesn't really run a traditional running game they're they're much more about throwing to the pass catchers DeAndre Swift has a 32% target share last week, 20% on the season. This guy is one of their primary pass catchers. So I, I feel you, but I think if there was ever going to happen, this is the game. I'm not going crazy on it, but I will. The, the other reasoning I have, John, and you tell me your thoughts on this. 
if you get away from basically one or two names like Goff or or Wentz, kind of gross names, really, every other viable quarterback, specifically on FanDuel, but more so on DraftKings, every other viable quarterback is so differently priced. I'm going to show you something. Let's let's put this on screen. They're so differently priced that um, there is a there is something to be gained by saving that money. And what I mean is, if you look at the salary component, let me put this on screen. Uh, of the QB position, you've got all these 7K guys, right? And then it just gaps down. There's nothing really in between. And then it kind of gaps down to this 5K level, right? And and most of the 5K level is pretty gross. So, you know, outside of like Wentz at 5,700, that's pretty gross. When you gap all the way down to 5,200, there's just nobody in this zone. And I actually, I'm actually going to be interested in Teddy Bridgewater as well for this reason. I just think that the savings, the 1,500 in salary, creates such a different lineup um, construction than when you use the 7K guy. Yeah, I mean, you got Geno Smith down there too. No, thank you. Yeah, well, listen. Turds. Turds. I get it. It might not be as good a situation, but but, um, yeah, just running it, like just running it quickly, I was getting far more of those guys than I expected. And now, you know, as I'm looking at it, that's why. why. Yeah, it's just there's a weird gap between the good and it's the have and the have nots. This is like America. Fucking one percent. It's all happening in football now. It yeah, it's it's ugly. But listen, to recap this game, just the running backs look to be the best. Uh both sides of the ball. Like the running backs. You like back. Kenny Gainwell? You like Kenny G? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All absolutely. Right. He's one of the few pay down options. That uh, at running back this week on DraftKings that makes any kind of sense. So I'm d- I'm down with Kenny G. I'll play the fucking music. I'll listen to the the, the flute. Forgot to the clarinet. Sax. Is that what it is? A saxophone. Flute is not cool. The sax is cool. First of all, Jethro told told just called me Jethro told and he just said fuck you. You realize that was the first ever Grammy for a heavy metal band. With Jethro Tull. Really? With the flute playing? Yes. They beat out they beat out Metallica in like 1989 or something like that. And it's a badass song though. The it one was, song. It, was, it was not Metallica though. No. Like that's what they gave the uh, that was the right, first who was the first rap Grammy. Oh Bell. wait, I do know this. This is like it's like Blondie or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was like the first rap song on the radio. I believe it was Young MC. I believe won the first. Okay. Uh, All right, there we go. Yeah. All right. So anyway, that'll do it for that's that's game one. Let's move on. Before we move on to the second game on the core four, guys, remember to like and subscribe to this channel. If you want this content every week, we're doing this for all sports. So you're missing out. You got to make sure you've got the subscription, the subscribe. It's free. Subscribe. It's YouTube. Like subscribe. Hit the notify button. We do the showdown breakdowns. We've got it all going on. You want to hit our free content. And if you want all of our content over at DFS Army, of course, you got to get signed up as a DFS Army VIP. NBA is going strong right now. There's nothing like our news and notes, the core plays. NBA has leveled up, man. You know, Keg took down 100K two nights ago. Next night, he's taken down 10K third place. The guys who are giving out the cores are taking down tournaments. That's when our subscribers are taking down tournaments as well. It's been an incredible, incredible run to start the NBA season. All four sports going simultaneously. This is the time 
to get signed up as a DFS Army VIP. You get my Players Club, Drink Blue Moons with me every Saturday. That's worth the price of admission. Just that alone, John. John's when you're in a community, you're, you're forced to get smarter. It's hard not to. Like I've, I, you know, I've improved my game in multiple sports just by being part of the DFS Army. So I love it. Get signed up, DFS Army VIP. Use my promo code Geek, ten percent off right now for VIP. That's just by the way, it's VIP sixty nine ninety nine a month. You take ten percent off. It's about sixty two dollars a month, two bucks a day, guys. People tell me, oh, I could do my own projections and my own re for two dollars a day for ten sports with an optimizer, with research stations, with projections, with ownerships. You're going to do that yourself for two bucks a day? NASCAR, golf, good luck with that. Go somewhere else. Good luck with that too. Good luck with it because you see who wins these tournaments. And it's always, it's DFS Army subscribers. You see those avatars at the top of these tournaments. Listen, I worked on Wall Street. You got, I worked, so some of the biggest hedge funds in the world were, were clients. And you know what they do? They pay for information. Like they get, they subscribe to newsletters and information, and these are some of the smartest people in the world, but they want to know what everyone else is thinking. It's you know, even if they disagree with it, they want to know where's where's the market at. How much is your time worth? We're talking about $2 a day. $2 a day. How much? If I could do my own projections, great. Part of the reason we created DFS Army was because, you know, one person to pay for to pay for um, one person to pay for a developer to make an optimizer and and a, a team of people to make projections for every sport so you can play, that's a fortune. But if a thousand of us are paying together, now we can make it happen. That's really what it's all about. That's why it's a community. That's why the community is so strong. That's why everybody helps each other out. That's why we're talking strategy constantly in the DFS Army forum. So get signed up. Now is the time. All the sports are going. And good luck going somewhere else. Pay double. Get, get no coaching, nothing. They got to charge more. They didn't make their own optimizer. They, they buy it from someone else. Good luck with that. Um, all right, let's move on. Game number two on the core four. We've got the Titans taking on the Colts. This is the game of the week. In my humble opinion, John, 51 point total. Colts, one point favorite at home in the dome. I likes me a dome game. Winter time, get in the dome. So, John, um, Colts are favored by one at home. Titans are coming off two monster wins. I'm talking about unexpected wins. And right now, and, and so I'm just going to tell you what I think is going on, and you tell me what's really happening because you're the you're the sharp you're the sharp, okay, from sharp. Titans just beat the Chiefs and the Bills. They're quote unquote the best team in the uh, NFL right now. Yet they're they're underdogs in this game. Colts been a kind of mediocre team. Carson Wentz, not that good. But here we are, they're, they're favorites. I feel like the bookmakers are betting, begging us to bet the Titans here. And I think we need to go the opposite way and be on the Colts side of it. Titans do for a letdown. Or at least that seems to be kind of the um that that's kind of my overall take on it. But give me, give me the sharper take. I I mean you for once, I was I was waiting for you to say I got to bet Tennessee. Like this looks obvious. It looks obvious, but yeah. it looks like they're sucking us in. Right, and you usually like to get sucked in there. Guess who's getting sucked in? I'm going to get sucked in. You're betting, you're betting Titans, take, and I don't like Tennessee. Yeah, I don't like Tennessee all that much. But you know, whatever 
my model um, has on this game. I hated it. I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, I, for every reason that you just stated, I'm like, this game is like the whole world's going to bet Tennessee. They just beat the two, you know, seemingly best teams in the AFC. And, um, you know, and, but this is also a team that lost to the Jets. They lost to the Jets. So, I mean, you know, you can't figure out what's going on um, half the time here. And the Colts have been, I, I, I think the word mediocre is pretty good. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm bet, I'm, I'm going to be on Tennessee not and not liking it one bit usually when i don't like it when i don't like it for the reasons that uh that you stated where it looks like a sucker bet i'm i'm usually right so if you don't want to follow me on that one be my guest get get on the other side but you know we're seeing it's not as drastic as i thought um at least on the some of the early stuff that i'm looking at as far as public versus um sharp money i really thought yeah where's the where's the where are the um where are the where are the public money versus sharp right now? Where where are the handles? Where are the handles at the moment? So it's about uh, two to one. The money's coming in on on. Uh, I'm sorry. The 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 tickets. The actual tickets printed are about uh, two to one on um, on Tennessee. So they are the public is on Tennessee here. Yeah, the money's closer to fifty fifty. So it's I mean it's not a huge. And the sharps are on the Colts. That's what that's telling. It's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. Which which makes total sense. And and if I was just analyzing it the way you did, would hundred percent bring me to the same conclusion. Like the Colts look like the play. It's one of those things where I don't like to go against my model. My model is giving me Tennessee. I hate it. And, um, but I'm just going to hold my nose and, and, and make the play. And that's another one where it'd be interesting to see where, if that line moves anymore, the fact that it's just lingering around one, you know, that, that, that line you would think would be up around three, uh, you know, the Tennessee favorite by three would make a little bit more sense to me. So yeah, I don't like it at all. If you want to play that contrarian game, I think the Colts are the way to go. So, you know, from a DFS angle um, for this one, this is a game I really like. I love that it's one of the very few high total close games on the entire slate. Um, listen, we all hate Carson, Hentz, uh, Carson Wentz. I think that's a universal thing at this point, right? But how can we ignore that he's in this game against the Titans, this really bad defense. He's priced down. He's going to go unowned. And it's just a very interesting tournament scenario for me. Um, with that being said, if the Colts are probably winning this game, it's going to be on the back of Jonathan Taylor and Jonathan Taylor having a smash game. So, you know, it, it's the running backs as the starting point for both teams. Obviously, um, Derrick Henry is always the best running back on every slate um, that Christian McCaffrey isn't healthy for. And on the flip side, Jonathan Taylor, you know, he looks really good here. Um, 7,200 priced up a little bit for the volume, but, you know, we saw something good last week, which was sort of Marlon Mack returning to his backseat role. I don't think this is going to be like any sort of a blowout situation. So I think we're going to get mostly um, Jonathan Taylor as the prime guy. If they're winning, they're going to have to ride him. And interestingly, for the rest of this team, there's nothing else going on. T.Y. Hilton's been banged up. Can't really trust him. Zach Pascal, much more of a possession guy, needs an emergency touchdown to bring any sort of value to the table. So it's, it's Michael Pittman or bust. Uh, on the on the Colts side of this thing, if you're not dealing with a wide receiver, uh, uh, with uh, with a running back, as far as the other guys, you know, Mo Ali Cox and Jack Doyle, and it's fine. Mo Ali Cox is fine. You know, um, he's had a couple of pop games. He'll score a touchdown here and there. So for me, it's Wentz, Pittman, Mo Ali Cox, that trio. If I'm if I'm uh, messing with the passing offense, but much more interested in Jonathan Taylor uh, on that side of the football than anything else. And on the Titan side, 
you know, of course, like I said before, Derrick Henry is always the man, but I'm going to, I'm going to bring this around. I, I don't think you should play Tannehill and Henry in the same lineup. If you did that last week, you kind of burned what was a pretty good game out of Tannehill and AJ Brown. So it's either Henry or Tannehill, AJ Brown. Tannehill is usable though, because Julio and Brown are now both fully healthy. So um, we can kind of use Tannehill again now that he has two weapons at his disposal. John, do you feel like Tannehill needs to be stacked with two guys, with both of those guys? Are you cool? Are you interested in using Tannehill at all this week in your stacks? And, um, you know, he does rush for touchdowns on occasion. So is he okay with just a stack plus one? Yeah, I wouldn't get if I'm going to play Tannehill, I'm not going to get heavy on it. Um, so yeah, it would just be, you know, just be him maybe with one uh, pass catcher. But yeah, if, if you look at it, the numbers kind of back up what you were, you know, what you were talking about on this game that I'm looking at. You know, Tennessee defensively been slightly worse than average against the quarterbacks, and they've been atrocious against wide receivers. Right, just terrible. Where they've been strong is against the tight end, and uh, the running back has been they're they're a little bit above average, but Again, you know, I wouldn't hold that. Uh, I would that wouldn't scare me certainly from from playing Taylor. Now, when you look at the Colts, they have been really good, or pretty good against running backs. But again, this is Henry, and they've been atrocious, like not nearly as bad as Tennessee, but they've been bad against wide receivers and really bad against the uh, tight end. So, um, you know, you you could see this game. You could see the Tennessee side. You know, maybe. Maybe they uh, Tannehill does something here against them. It's just, you know, we've got this in the core four. Normally, this would not be a game that's in the core. Like, it's not a game you love. I'm not hammering this. I don't it, need four players in this game. It it only made the core four because it's 51 points and it's competitive. And, you know, I don't want to fill up the core four with, like, you know, the Bills favored by 15. Yeah, and that's been the problem every single week. We've got, you know, three, four double-digit favorite games. And, and, you know, if they're lopsided, we know the drill. So... Yeah, normally this wouldn't be a game that makes it, um, but it is because of the schedule. And yeah, so it, playable, absolutely. I wouldn't go crazy. Like I said, I don't need four players in this game. Two players, maybe three players. Okay, definitely not four. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Or or just focus on the running backs, or focus running back on one side, wide receivers the other side. But I I do think I don't. I have a mild interest a mild interest in in the in the quarterbacks for the, from the game but it does appear to me to be a game where it's the running backs that are going to rule the day again interesting week where none of the games really explode off the screen um, before we get to the next game in the core 4 I'm going to remind everybody that John is the lead betting analyst for the Sharp app you can get his bet of the day every single day plus uh, multiple other bets each day if you sign up for pro but john has given out a free bet of the day every day every day on the sharp app how have you been how's the bet of the day going man you've been crushing it at last i checked crushing the bet of the day we went on a like an 11 game win streak lost a couple then went on a four or five game win streak um right back again so lost last night so if you want to jump on and try to catch the next uh streak you, let's get you, on it you um, always want to get on right after the loss is when you want to jump on yeah john and i shit you not i've been following the bet of the day I and and I, I should I don't know if my unit size is correct. I'm not sure that I'm doing that right. Most people would say your units are it's sized incorrectly, yeah. Or 
you're saying oh, we're talking about your bed. My units are too big. Yeah, okay. No, my sorry. unit is too big. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's it, yes. That's, that's what, what I was they say. At. My unit is very big. So yeah. I've been using a five percent unit size, not not the the uh the recommended one percent. Right. And part of that's because I got a lot of money. Yeah, you're just you know I don't care. So I got a lot of money. Right. But um, I've doubled my sports betting account in the last month. Literally, it went. It's it's doubled. And I've just been following that and putting out a couple of my own bets over on the Sharp Bets team. I've crushed it as well, obviously. But um, I've doubled my sports betting account in the last month. And I just looked at it. I'm like, holy shit. It's fucking double. Now, was it that much money to begin with? No, I had a thousand bucks in there and now it's two. But we heard we've heard a lot of stories like that. So that's that's the rewarding, you know, uh, that, that's pretty, rewarding part. I like, I like cool. that just following just doing these $50 bets. Yeah, I mean, you got guys like, hey, I got five hundred bucks in my account, and I, in the last uh, six months, I've taken a thousand dollars out three times, and I still have a thousand in the, you know, things like that. It's it's great, um, but it's it's people who have reasonable expectations. Listen, if you start with five hundred dollars, you're not going to get a million dollars in six months, but if you want to, you know, double, triple, quadruple the account, that's doable. Sport, yeah, sports betting is not about. It's not the same as DFS where you're going to hit a 50K on a $5 entry, but you got to check it out. You can get all of John's, you can get all of John's bets if you go sign up at sharpbets.app um, where you get our betting community, John, uh, and, and our team of cappers. They're all really, really great. Um, or if you download the Sharp app, you can get John's free bet of the day. So go check out Sharp app on the iOS store, on the app store, whatever it is. Give it a download. You'll get John's free bet of the day. And if you sign up for the pro version, um, you can also get an extra, uh, another another three of his top bets every single day. So it's like, it's a no brainer. I think it's nine bucks a month for for the for the pro plan. It's a real no brainer. No brainer. Like no one's giving out this type of thing, and we're doing it because, you know, we need users. We want to kind of get the word out of this app and how awesome it is. The game center, so many features being added. Most of it's free. So definitely check it out. It's really Really great stuff. All right, let's move on to the next game on the core four. We've got the Chargers taking on the Patriots. 49-point total, five-point spread, Chargers home favorite. I really, I have a bet on this one. I like this game. I got a bet. All right, let's see, because I do too. You do? So, yeah. Oh, boy. All right, I am on the Chargers here. I think the Patriots are a bit of a fraud. I think the Chargers are one of the elite teams in the NFL. Uh, they are an elite offense, and I think the Patriots will have a hard time keeping up with what the Chargers can do. It's a road game. Patriots traveling west. Again, rookie quarterback, elite uh, Chargers defense. Everything to me screams bet the Chargers. Now, you'll probably go against me because that's what you do. Always want to make me look <laughs> bad. But I have a bet on the Chargers for this game. John, tell me why I'm wrong. I'm I'm on the other side, yeah, of, of course. Bitch. But um, this one's not that – it's not that cut and dry. So it's not like every sharp in the world is betting the Patriots here. Um, I actually thought you might be on the Patriots. I wasn't sure because because this this game doesn't look – maybe maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm just seeing it differently. Maybe maybe some of the, the guys in the chat are like, no, the Chargers are just going to blow them out. But usually I could look at it and say, like that Tennessee Colt game, like I know people are going to think Tennessee is a, a far better team, which scares me. This game I wasn't that sure when I looked at it. Um, and it's that in-between numbers that, you know, that five, four and a half, five, where it's like, 
generally doesn't really come into play until you get to that, you know, until you get the four for, you know, four, three and a half. Look so, at the, look at the discrepancy here between one, one book has it at minus six, another one, four and a half, just to be clear, let's see who those are, but Unibet four and a half and MGM six. So there is a big discrepancy here between these lines. So there must be some disagreement. Yeah. You always want to shop. You're going to see that more often again in that I call it like a no man's land. Those lines that the games don't typically land on those numbers. Uh, they have more. They the book has has a greater ability to be flexible with the line there because they're not as worried about getting beat on the middle, right? Just uh, you know, for a game to move from three and a half to two and a half, it opens the book up to huge amount of exposure because if the game lands on three, they're going to get hammered on on both sides of that of that game, so they don't move the games typically there. But a game to from a game for a game to move from six to four. Uh, is a lot easier, or six to four and a half, or something like that. So just keep that in mind when you're yeah. There we go. When you're, you're going to bet, if you're going to follow my Chargers bet, I strongly recommend doing so on FanDuel or Sugar House slash Bet Rivers. And if you're going to follow John's um, Patriots lean, you want to see if you have a Unibet account and get it for plus six. That is a much better number. And maybe we both win. Maybe we both win. That's right? always a possibility. You know what happens when we both win? fucking crack a blue moon tap tap bottles like fucking crash bro it's called, i want you to w win that fucking money it's called middling and um you you mentioned the sharp app there's a sharp academy in there i got a whole video on uh, middling so if you want to check that out when it's worth it to uh try to middle yeah I, I forgot to mention so when you yeah when you do get the sharp if you when you do get the sharp app currently still free you get the full sharp academy training course put together by john himself um really it's a master class in how to bet on sports, guys. This is some shit that you'd pay a thousand bucks for. I promise you. Somebody else would would dress it up with some bells and whistles and charge you a thousand bucks for the course. This is just free. It's on the app. You just click on the Sharp Academy. You can get the whole training series. Get comfortable with all of the terminology of sports betting. So um, all of the approaches, hedging, arbitrage, noodling, fucking middling. You can the, you have one on noodling also? That's where you stick your hand in the ground and rip a, a catfish out. Is that a thing? Is that, is is that, that a thing for noodling? I was, noodling is not a thing. I was, I was really afraid of what noodling actually was. Man. That's that's when you rip a, a catfish out of the ground with your bare hand. You yeah, they do probably that. do that down here in Florida. I have not uh, attempted that You got to go yet. up to the fucking swamps over yeah. in Gainesville. Yeah. You know, over over in the panhandle. You can do a little noodling down there. I'm sure there's a lot of noodling going on in the panhandle. Yeah, yeah. You got to do a little. Sorry, DFS angles. There's a lot of noodling in the panhandle. That's for sure. Um, DFS angles. Uh, so man, we're gonna. <laughs> I I don't know how to I don't know how to bring it back to DFS here. We got the Patriots and the Chargers, and it's the Chargers side that interests me. Austin Eckler gonna tear shit up. This guy has been Christian McCaffrey light this season. Lots and lots of volume. Okay, lots of volume for Eckler. We're not used to that. We're used to him being a fifty percent guy. And I'm trying to bring up the uh, information here, but he has surpassed. His standard amount of volume here, 60% of the um, snaps, 20% of the targets, and, you know, a, a solid 50% of the uh, of the up-the-gut rushes. So, you know, a, a step up in volume compared to last year when he was a 50% snap count guy. I'm really enjoying what Eckler's doing this season. And next up, of course, Mike Williams is a phenomenon. Fifth year breakout. Mike Williams been talking about this guy all off season. He's a monster. They finally started throwing to him. So 
Um, on on the on the Charger side, it's Eckler, it's Williams for me. You can mix in a little Keenan Allen, but the 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 targets have been there for Keenan Allen, but the production it's been a little it's it's been a little more kind of these these um, I'm going to call them possession style targets. The touchdowns haven't been there. Uh, the scoring really hasn't been there for Keenan Allen. So you know, not as excited about him. And maybe Jared Cook, 20% targets last week, 13, 14% on the season. He's very playable at tight end. John, any thoughts on the Chargers side of this one? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of agreeing with you. Um, Eckler, Mike Williams. I, I'm not as high on the on uh, Cook, but I mean, why not? You know, it's just, just based on my numbers, though, it, it, yeah. that's not supposed to happen. It's not supposed to be a Cook game, but you never know. Actually, on the flip side, New England's getting rated really highly for the tight end. Um, so maybe a little Hunter Henry action. Little Hunter Henry. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. People, by the way, I want to just correct anybody who thinks this is a Jonu Smith situation. Let me let me um, make the screen a little bit bigger here. But, um, you know, it is not uh, it is not Jonu Smith here. It's Hunter Henry who's getting 72 percent of the snaps. The the targets have been pretty much equal, but the the snap count is so different. 80% to 22%. So even though the targets have been there, Hunter Henry has actually been the more productive tight end. He's on the field more. And if you've got to play one or the other, it's definitely Henry for me. What do you think? I, I was going Henry. Yeah, absolutely. On that. Um, just to just to go over the numbers here, what we're looking at um, and how they've performed against position, the Chargers have been phenomenal. Uh, best team, yeah, best te top team against quarterback and the top team against wide receiver this year. So, again, that's going to, you know, that's got to scare you here in a game with a rookie quarterback. He's played well, you know, but he hasn't played like I got to play him in all my lineups well. Um, he's played well in relation to every other rookie in the league this year. He's probably been the best one, right? But for fantasy purposes, it, this is going to be a tough game for them uh in uh in fantasy so i think for them to actually be in this game it's going to probably have to be if i'm right it's probably a low scoring game right so if new england wins if new england covers this game i, I would guess the game probably goes under right if um i don't know if it necessarily has to go over if the chargers win i think, I think it new, almost has to go under if new england wins if new england's winning this game or staying in it it's probably going to be and this is part of the reason why i i like the bet on <laughs> this is now you're understanding why i like the bet on the chargers. Oh, I, I i totally get it yeah like New England, for them to stay in the game, they're going to have to have like a Damian Harris great game. Yeah, they're going to have to have some Brandon Bolden mixed in with a touchdown. Like I don't the passing the passing offense is not a scoring offense. Jacoby Myers can't score touchdowns. Um, Nelson Aguilar really been a trash can this season, and Kendrick Bourne is is an is an afterthought. So um, Jacoby Myers is a possession uh, sort of Julian Edelman light type player at best he he can't even hold a candle to julian edelman let's be fair he's not he's no julian edelman and then they don't have much else going on they're gonna have to throw a touchdown to hunter henry as you said it's gonna be hard for new england to keep up in the scoring and you know i don't really like a whole lot of fantasy goodness from this patriots team at all in this game which is just part of the reason why uh, you know, after that analysis, I kind of said, like, I don't really see how the Patriots are going to be scoring in this game. Therefore, I kind of think it's it's a Chargers onslaught. Again, I don't love this game. <laughs> you know, there is definitely a lot of paths to New England playing very, very slow. And 
they 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 play slow. They're running the football. They're draining the clock. So I don't love this game for like a pops for the over uh, type of scenario. I just you know Patriots aren't that style of team. They're going to play slow. They're going to drain the clock down to one second every single time they can. So it really comes down to you know the Chargers play fast, but but like I said, the Patriots one of the slower teams, only sixty three uh, offensive snaps per game compared to um, seventy one for the Chargers. Uh, you know, it's, it's a tricky one for DFS, but again, the pickings are slim this week. So, you know, we got to suck it up and basically, you know, target any competitive games that we can find. All right. Last on our core four list, we've got the bucks taken on the saints. I like this one a lot. Bucks five and a half point road favorites, 50 point total. Jameis pick Sixton back. In action against the GOAT. Pick Sixton, not looking so great against Seattle last week. Like offensively, this Saints offense, you know, I really thought that having Jameis Winston at the helm wouldn't be such a downgrade from a Drew Brees, but it has been. And John, I, I need you to tell me why. What's going on over there? Yeah, I'm just going to be guessing, but I agreed with you coming in. I was like, you know, because Winston, we've talked about it. I mean, he was a phenomenal fantasy quarterback numbers wise. With Tampa, but I think part of that is also Arians because honestly, Brady plays a different game here with Arians. They, they, he's throwing, you know, they're throwing the ball downfield, which is Winston's game. That's not the Sean Payton game, right? The Sean Payton game was, you know, uh, kind of dink and dunk, like Breeze wasn't a big bomb, you know, throwing bombs down the field. That's why Kamara was so valuable. And I don't think, it, I don't think it really suiting, it's, it's suiting, uh, Winston's game. You know, part, part of what made Winston good with the numbers was, that he, you know, he was throwing, he was taking a lot of chances, you know, you maybe taking that, that out of, you know, taking that out of his game here, maybe is just not, um, is not working for him from fantasy. Me, yeah. But I, I'm, I'm not shocked, but I am surprised. I thought he'd be, I thought he'd be better. I, I took him as a backup quarterback in some leagues where I had to take a quarterback. Cause I'm like, this is pretty good. You know, as a guy who's going to put up numbers, I, I'm more than happy to play him. He's been terrible. Do you think that part of that has to do with the fact that he had quality wide receivers in Tampa and he's got a, a, a literal, uh, bag of trash to throw to i i think you know partially but i'm i'm in the camp of always you know the quarterback can make the receivers like we'll see tonight you know a lot of people are down on the game you know like uh rogers tonight yeah and you know he's playing look at last week we actually he's gonna have trouble week. he's gonna look have trouble daniel, look, at, look at daniel jones though that was four skill players he didn't have and daniel jones is you know mediocre at best right now um and they go and win that game against the defense that's played well so the quarterback, it's all about the quarterback play. I get it. You know, you want that elite uh, wide receiver. You want some good wide receivers. Um, or or how about just some not bad wide receivers? Yeah. Like, it, it they're helps. bad, these but guys. They're bad. Kamara, Phil, and, you know, I don't know. Um, I, I feel like, yeah, you know, you put Drew Brees. If you put Tom Brady on that Saints team, he's going to put up points. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a shame. You can't compare him to Tom Brady. But the quarterback, you know, the quarterback is going to make these teams regardless of how bad their wide receivers are. And now to give them good wide receivers, that's – look at Tom Brady's entire career. When you gave him Randy Moss, the unstoppable offense. You give him this – the wide receiver core that he's have that he has here, can't stop him. You gave him average wide receivers, okay, he just went up and won World, uh, World Series. He won Super Bowls, but he didn't put up, you know, ridiculous numbers, but he was he was going to win. So the quarterback makes these guys. I'm going to – I'm going to – I'm going to throw a little GM strategy at you here. And uh, Sean Payton, if you're listening to this, and I know 
that he sometimes watches the show. Sean Payton, head coach of the um, Saints, he sometimes watches the show. So I'm going to speak directly to him. If you give a fuck, bro, if you give a fuck at all, trade for Brandon Cooks or Allen Robinson. It's only going to cost you. Brandon Cooks, fourth rounder. Done deal. Bring in, the save Brandon Cooks from the hellish nightmare. You already did a trade for Ingram. What You couldn't have him throw in Cooks? Cooks is like, dude, what the fuck? By the way, Cooks was on Twitter like, dude, that's fucked up. And people think that he said it because he was pissed that Ingram is gone. No, he said it because he's like, dude, that's fucked up. Why are you going to trade him and not me? He wasn't pissed that they're getting rid of Ingram. He was pissed that he didn't get traded. He was like, dude, that's fucked up, bro. Like he literally said that on, on social media after the um, Mark Ingram trade. So you already have a relationship. Why wouldn't you trade for Cook? What the fuck? What the fuck are they doing? All right. Stupid. What the fuck are you doing? A fifth rounder? You could probably get him for a fifth rounder. Make the deal. All right. That being said, let's talk about some uh, DFS and betting angles for this. Man, I can go off on that. Like, what are you doing? What the fuck? All right. So betting angles. Why? It's a close. It's a close game. Now they got Ingram. Ingram ruins Alvin Kamara for me. Ingram is not going to be this guy that comes in and needs to learn the offense. He already knows it. He played for the fucking Saints for his whole career. So now you've got Mark Ingram coming in. He's going to suck up a, a, a good number of touches. It ruins Alvin Kamara. Straight up. I like the Brady side of this game. First of all, I, li I like the Bucs. I'm betting the Bucs here. I, I'm, I'm giving the points. This is my, my uh, a bet I'm doing. Love the Bucs. Well, I mean, if you didn't, you'd be in a huge minority because there's nobody betting New Orleans. I, I don't have this game, but I, I don't want to be. I guess it's the public, so avoid. But whatever, I don't give a fuck. Oh, like it's it's this is like the um, well, this was like the the, the Bucks Tampa against played, the Patriots uh, on the yeah, the Bucks Patriots game where they where they didn't cover. It's very similar yeah. to how I mean, everyone's taken, um, everyone's taken Tampa in this game, so. Might be the time to take the money line to save yourself a little bit of that. They win, but they don't cover the spread danger. But that being said, I like the Bucs here. I love the Bucs offense in this game. There's no Antonio Brown, which means Chris Godwin is the number one value play at wide receiver on this entire slate. And the double, the double reasoning for it, it's not just that one thing. Antonio Brown gone. Traditionally, Marshawn Lattimore has actually done really well in coverage against Mike Evans. I don't think that means he's going to shut down Evans here, but he's done well enough traditionally to push some more targets in the direction of Godwin. Those two things, those two factors together, make Godwin the absolute top, for me, the top wide receiver play on this entire slate. Um, I love Tom Brady. He's the GOAT. He's going to do his thing. You know, Fournette. He, you know, if he's going to be doing it here, Saints pretty good against the run. He's probably going to do it via pass catching. Um, it's it's not that easy to run on the Saints. Teams that are hard to run on, by the way, the, they tend to play a lot of man coverage, which does open things up for someone like Godwin, who knows how to get, um, who, know, who who is an elite route runner. And Gunslinger's asking about Tyler Johnson. I would say, sure, why not? Why not? I mean, did he do much last week? No, but he did he get any targets? No, but... At the very least, he's still priced uh, at min salary on DraftKings, and he was out there for 70% of the snaps. So, you know, 
not going to take that much to, you know, one, one touchdown and three receptions, 40 yards. And, you know, he smashed the three K value. John, any thoughts on the Patriots offense? You mean the Tampa offense, Tampa, Tampa offense, Tampa. Okay. Brady got me thinking it's the, Patriots. yes. Yeah, no, I think, I, I, I think the running backs in this game are pretty useless to be honest on both sides. Um, so I think you got to look at this from the, from the passing standpoint, Maybe on both teams, right? So the Saints, you talk about the uh, deep. We know, like, you know, that's the thing. Don't play running backs against Tampa. And then now you're giving, you, know, you got the elite running back in Kamara, but you gave us the reason why you're probably not going to want Kamara. Flip side, New Orleans is top, uh, like, maybe four or five against the running back this year. They're actually been pretty good against the, uh, against the quarterback as well. But where Tampa has struggled, Tampa is one of the worst teams this year against wide receivers and basically passing in general. I'm sure I haven't looked at it. If you have the, uh, the power rankings there, I mean, it's probably one of the, I'm guessing uh, we've got a decent uh, projection on the uh, passing in that game. Yeah. 327. Actually, New Orleans just 196. Because they so can't that, pass. Tells you, that tells you how bad New Orleans has been. Th- yeah. This is, the, this is way more about the New Orleans passing. Oh my God. Game. Yeah. They're 70 under they're minus 70 in, in offensive passing. So um, that, that'll tell you. Um, just mean, how bad they've been. One of the worst passing teams in the league. But in, you know, we got Traquan the chef back. So maybe they got another weapon. Well, if you look at it, so my with my numbers, um, Traquan's not my numbers, but the numbers on basically how each team has performed against the position, and then I do a projection on it, just do a regression model and a projection. <laughs> Excuse me, Winston, just based on that is projected for slightly more than uh, Brady just because of how bad the, uh, you know, Tampa's been against uh, against the, the quarterback. You know, Winston's quarterback numbers have actually been okay. You know what part of that is? Oh, now that I'm thinking about it, so this scratch is the running back. some of that is Hill getting quarterback points. So scratch what I said there. I know Hill gets included in their points. So that makes more sense because they're minus 11 – on the wide receiver numbers and minus almost seven at tight end New Orleans is. Um, and that's based on the average. So they, the average of their opponents, that's what they score. Um, that's fantasy points that they score plus or minus based on the average of what their opponents give up. And that's just really bad. Um, they're down there with, I think the only team worse than them is Chicago on wide receivers and they are the worst at the tight end position. So you know, it's not often that we're analyzing these teams as the core four. Like, you know, what do we do here? But you could totally, you know, obviously you could see Tampa on the um, offensive side throwing the ball. I think you avoid this game from a um, from the standpoint of the running backs. And potentially, just because the Tampa secondary is so bad, potentially we could get something, maybe a cheap option at wide receiver. But this one's tough. And I don't know if I could, I don't know if I have any confidence in playing Winston. You don't have to play Winston here. I think it's you're very good to just play the Bucks um, side of it. The question really is, do you need a bring back? I'm going to say no, you don't need a bring back option. If Traquan Smith finds his way or Marquez Callaway finds his way into a lineup as part of this deal, I'm okay with it. But uh, I'm not forcing any sort of bring back. One positive for Winston is Hill was out last week, so we'll see if he's out again. I believe he's out for a few games. So without Taysom Hill in there, there is a little bit more throw for touchdowns upside, not just for Winston, but for the pass catchers themselves to catch one. Because really what Taysom Hill does is he's the ultimate 
touchdown vulture. He kind of removes the ability for the tight ends and the wide receivers on the Saints to catch touchdowns. So at the very least, there is that component. So, John, that'll do it for the core four. And now what we're going to do is go through the rest of the games on the slate a little a little briefer from a betting angles and DFS perspective. Again, reminder to like and subscribe to the channel if you're watching this and hit the notification button so you can get these notifications when they do it. I also want to tell everybody about a little DFS Army contest we've got going on for Sharp App Downloads where I introduced this the other day on the Players Club and I'm going to share it here on the game plan, guys. So if you want, if you, um, you know, obviously we want you guys to check out the Sharp app. John is the lead content provider over at Sharp app. So he knows what's up. You want to support John. You want to support what we're doing. And of course, have an awesome sports betting app with all the information you need. You're going to love it. Like the Sharp app is awesome and it's better every day. We have the prop tool coming out, um, the prop finder tool coming out this week. You're going to, it's going to blow your fucking mind. It's the best tool for DFS that you could possibly have. The prop finder tool because it's going to tell you um, really quickly touchdown expectations, yardage expectation, reception expectations with real numbers that money is being played on. So if you download the Sharp app, right, and drop a review on whatever store you're on, the Android store or the Apple store, whichever one it is, let us know. Let uh, you can you can hit the uh, the Sharp app at the Sharp app Twitter account. You can hit up Texan. Uh, 0322 in the DFS Army Discord. Let us know, hey, I downloaded the app and I left a review. Um, at the end of next week, I'm going to grab all the names of the people. We've got about 30 people who've done it so far. Um, I'm going to grab all those names. You got to let Texan know, Texan 0322 or the DFS Army Twitter account, DM or the Sharp App Twitter account, whatever it is. Let us know. We're going to gather all the names and then we're going to do a drawing. The, the winner is going to get three tickets to the spy on DraftKings, $300 tickets to the uh, spy contest. The one that I recommend playing the most, uh, the spy is a hundred dollar entry. It's usually between 80 to sort of a thousand entrance. It's that perfect size contest. And I want you guys to get those tickets. So you download the sharp app, you leave a review, you let us know either in DFS army Slack or DFS army discord at Texan 0322, our, our, um, our admin, you can hit up the DFS army Twitter account, DM or DM the at Sharp app Twitter account. Let us know that you did it. We will enter you in the drawing. We're going to pull it um, in a week from Saturday and somebody's going to win $300 spy tickets. We're also going to give out a whole bunch of free years of Sharp Pro as part of that deal. So you want to get in on it. It's free. No big deal. Let us know. Okay. Let's get into it. We are now talking about the rest of the games on the slate. And first up, we've got the Panthers. Taking on the Falcons, Falcons at home, three-point favorite, 46-point total, John. And, John, this game has a little bit of DFS appeal. It's not the highest total game, but it, it at least is competitive. Um, but right off the bat, Panthers, man, what a disaster. Sam Darnold reverting back to Jets, uh, seeing ghosts Sam Darnold right now. Do you think he has a chance to bounce out of that? Or is the spiral, the cycle, is the mental spiral now just in full force? Is this it? I think, yeah. I, I, I mean, if it's going to happen, I think this is a decent week for it to happen, right? Against Atlanta, if he's going to have a bounce back. Uh, just from a betting angle standpoint, probably no shock here. It's about uh, about one and a half times more money being put um, on Atlanta and about the same. You know, it's kind of about the same in um, 
uh, on the tickets. So the public's pretty much going to be on Atlanta in this game. I think it makes it makes sense. Uh, if they played this game one. a few weeks ago, this line would be totally different. This is a dangerous one to bet on because I've got a Butler bet on Atlanta in this game, and I've lost every Butler bet with uh, yeah because so far. I'm gonna have a game. I'm gonna have a play on this one over at uh, the Sharp app. So I'll hold. I'll hold off on on which side I like. But um, yeah, I mean, from a DFS standpoint, I think whenever whenever Atlanta's in the game, you know, we always kind of we always think there's there's a possibility because Atlanta is if across the board negative. They're 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 negative in every single uh, category against every single position. So bad against the quarterback, bad against running back, wide receiver, tight end. Like it's it's not good. But the problem is they haven't been that great offensively either. So they've been they've been negatively producing on offense. Carolina has been uh, pretty media, just average. So that's not terrible. But that's because you know he played well. Donald played well early. Hasn't played well now. But they are literally right there in the middle of the pack. Um, with the quarterback and wide receiver where they've struggled is at the tight end and the running back position. But Carolina defensively, really, really good, solid against – they're better right now in points than Tampa is against running backs. So – and then kind of mediocre the rest of the way. So, you know, could this be a bit – could it be a a stackable game? I don't know. I mean, the potential's there. It's just an awful as we went, just the you know, the core four wasn't all that great. So this one could be the game. But are you that excited about stacking up this game? Probably not. I mean, this looks like a week again where maybe maybe we're not well, I don't even think it's a maybe. We're not heavy stacking uh any of these games, really. No. This I, I think we go right back to um QB plus one and maybe QB one one at most in some games, but you gotta be very selective about it this week um you know so i think there's some pieces in this game that are interesting uh you know atlanta side calvin ridley's yet to break out i think it's coming i really do the targets have been there so i just think that pop-off game is going to be here at some point it looks like uh kylie pitter uh is um is starting to sort of heat up and become what we thought he might be uh when he was drafted and you know i think he's the real deal Kyle, kyle pitts might be the name that we're talking about as a, should we take him in the first round tight end like that? That might he, be a year from now, two years from now. We might be talking about Kyle Pitts in that way. He, he's my yeah. highest. He, he's the highest projected, not him particularly, but okay. I just look at it from the positions. Uh, Atlanta has the highest projection for tight end on just based on, on what teams have given up and, you know, yeah, and, and, and what Pitts has done and, and all of that. Yeah. So, you know, he, he's going to be great. He's a little priced up. I, I, I do like him here. I think he could pop off. He's, at this point, an elite wide receiver playing the tight end position. So, you know, nine, 10 targets the last few games. There's nothing not to like here about Pitts. Um, like I said, I think the biggest, uh, I, I, one of the interesting things from last week actually was just that um, they 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 played Cordero Patterson much more than my, Davis. Like Cordero Patterson is kind of taking over this yeah. team as the lead back who gets a lot of targets. And it's it's weird. It's hard for me to mentally accept it. But 73% of the snaps, John, last week. And look who dropped down. I, I guess Davis was in the game, but like the carries went 63% to 18%. I don't know if this was unique last week, but like no targets for Mike Davis, almost no carries, almost everything went. And, and here I'm seeing that they were both on the field together most of the time. It's kind of a weird situation what they're doing with 
Cordero, but he's definitely the better play. And I think he's in a very good spot here again this week uh, against the Panthers team that might be defense. It might be offensively challenged to the point where, you know, the, the Falcons get a lot of extra um, possessions on the opposite side of the field. Like, yeah, listen, Darnold's a turnover machine. He's playing really bad. He might turn it around, but if he continues to play really bad, then what's going to happen is the Falcons are going to get the ball in good position and they're going to have a few extra uh, series to play because the other team's turning the ball over. That just leads to running back scoring. So I think Patterson's in here's, play. Here's the thing with Patterson, though. He, he, his points have gone down the last two weeks as Pitts has dominated the last two weeks. So I would keep that in mind. Like if they're getting more comfortable and they've got that, you know, in Pitts, we know the talent. Um, we may not get the, we may still get good points out of Patterson, but not for maybe not for the price anymore as we were earlier yeah. in the season. Like for your season long team, fine. He's going to, he's going to be fine for you. Might not be an option. So I'd be careful here as we see Pitts get better. Does that take away from Patterson's? Uh, yeah, I mean, earlier in the season, Patterson was getting all the uh, red zone work and Pitts was getting none of it. So um, that's why he was putting up those 28s and 30s on on fewer targets or, or opportunities mm -hmm. than most running backs get. And you're right, maybe that reverts back. So there's definitely a lot of danger there. I, I like that approach. Uh, on the Panthers side, you know, only Chuba Hubbard and DJ Moore are, are relevant at this point as fantasy relevant players. And Chuba hasn't done anything. Again, the decline of Sam Darnold has destroyed basically the use of usefulness of both of those players. So for the most part, I'm staying away from the uh, Panther side of it. Uh, again, I don't like to go against um, cause thinking they might bounce back here. So maybe a little GPP interest for me uh, in both of those guys, but you know, it, it's really going to have to be DJ Moore to carry this team. And, and man, I just don't know that Darnold has the mental capacity at this point has the mental acuity to, to pull it off. I think he's sort of reverting back to the old Jets um, ways here. So next up, we've got the Bills and the Dolphins in a lopsided game. Uh, 13 and a half point favored Bills here, 49 point total. You know, the Bills have one of the highest team totals on the slate. And and my take is if they want to style in this game, they can. There's probably not much um, resistance that Miami's going to offer on the road. But what do you think here? Any chance for fantasy goodness? I mean, we've seen a lot of games where Buffalo in the last couple of years has been in this spot. Um, yeah, I mean, Allen's playable for sure. Because the most expensive quarterback on the slate, though. I get it. And I don't, when I do this, I'm not really as focused on the price, you know. And then when I start building lineups, you start looking at price. But I'm looking at can he score a lot of points here? I know the danger is always, um, you know, in, in a lopsided matchup, you, you don't throw the ball as much. But we've seen it enough where in the first half they put 28 points on the board. He runs one in, throws three, and, you know, he doesn't really play much in the second half. Um, so do I think he could get the monster smash game? Probably, you know, so for GPPs, am I, I'm, I'm going to be a little, um, probably a little lower. Hand, you know, I'm going to have some lesser quarterbacks, let's put it that way, ahead of him. Um in GPPs for that reason, because I think it's top. So I think the ceiling is a little lower than it would be because I think they will pull him out of this game. If it, if it is a blowout, you've got to bank. If Allen's going to be the guy, you got to bank on uh, Miami's got to score, you know, 17 points and kind of stay in this, keep it within two touchdowns from the majority of the game. And then Allen never comes out of it. Um, so that that's the, that's the way it's going to have to be from a, from a betting angle standpoint, just to give you a heads up on that. Uh, no shock here, but the entire everything 
tickets, money, everything is coming in on the Buffalo side. Nobody wants to touch the Miami side of this game. So, um, yeah, I don't have anything uh, personally that I like as far as a, from a betting side on yeah. this game, but that's where the public's at. I don't, I don't like betting massive favorites like that. I, 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 I just don't like betting that, that style of game. Um, I mean, I guess the big question in this one is, can Miami be competitive at all? Um, I think, you know, the Miami version of the team with Tua has been a little bit better than the version with Brissett, a little bit better offensively. I think they have a prayer of keeping it um, at least competitive. So for that reason, um, if I do play Josh Allen, I kind of do want to have a piece for Miami on that team. Uh, I don't mind Waddle here, but I probably like Gasicki a little bit more. Um, overall, though, I don't love the game. I don't love if if the Dolphins were at home, I'd like it a little bit more. I think the road aspect, just the how much better the Bills are than Miami as a as a as a team offensively this season is really important. I've, I've um, got Miami as my lowest projected points um, offensive points outside of Chicago. Yeah, it's 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 really gross, and we'll get to that Chicago game as well. So, not a whole lot going on. Um, definitely not a whole lot going on there on the uh, Miami side that that makes me interested. And and again, for the Bills, if I have to have a, a DFS angle, it's with Xavier Howard locked on Stefan Diggs, that might slow Diggs a little bit. It might push some extra targets over to Manny Sanders. So Emmanuel Sanders is the guy that I have a little bit of interest in here. Because just again, I expect I expect Allen to be styling in this game, and if if you know every you know all right, we'll throw to Emmanuel Sanders in this one because Diggs is covered. That that'll be sort of the only angle that I have. There's also no tight end really to suck up touchdowns, so I expect more touchdowns coming from the wide receivers, which again increases the um, interest here in Sanders. I'd like Diggs a lot more if it wasn't for the Xavier Howard scenario. Because again, I've been really excited by the fact that Knox isn't there for a few games to see what these wide receivers can do because Knox has been sucking up a lot of those touchdowns. All right, next up we have got the 49ers taking on the Bears. Next. I mean, this is just a gross game. The Bears are like the worst offense I've ever seen. There is some DFS goodness here that I have to mention, but... From a betting angle's perspective, I mean, the Bears, the only way the Bears are staying in this game is if they run the shit out of the football because Fields cannot throw. He can't play quarterback. I, I See, I don't know if that's true. By, by the way, I just want to answer this because Swaggy asked it a couple times. Swift, for sure. But it's a good problem to have, but the play is Swift. Absolutely. Okay, so. Yeah, I don't know if that's, I don't know if it's the fact that Fields sucks. I'm, I, I really think. Nagy is the is a lot of the problem here that they have because he's got a similar, you know, Trubisky plays uh, a game that Trubisky needed to run around and throw on the run and play that style of game. Not really great at reading defenses. He's not the brightest guy in the world. Um, Fields is another guy who needs to make plays. They need to they need to run and make plays happen. Like he's not. A, I I think Nagy is trying to. Nagy's trying to put Alex, you know, he he wants Alex Smith back. Like he's trying to run an Alex Smith out. Like Alex Smith was Alex Smith was a really good court, like a very good quarterback, a guy you don't mind when you have a solid team around him. And he's a bright guy who knows, you know, he understands reading the defenses, takes what you give him, sort of thing. 
he doesn't have he hasn't had that. That wasn't Trubisky. That's not Fields. Like he's not playing. You know what? You know what they need in Chicago is they need that uh, they need the offensive coordinator from Buffalo. My brother's been saying that, and I and now I agree with him. They need Dable, like the guy who did, like because I'm, I don't want to see Josh Allen get hurt, but I guarantee you Trubisky will be good if Josh Allen gets hurt. I guarantee it because he plays a similar type of game. They need to actually do. They need to. They need to. Uh, make let Fields play a Josh Allen style game because Josh Allen doesn't sit back there and pick apart deep. Like Josh he, Allen's running he, all over the field. He's gotten better. Around. Josh Allen has actually picked up and and gotten a lot better. He has gotten better, but I think that's a lot defense. to do with the coaching. I think yeah. if Josh Allen was in Chicago, he would suck. Like if that's where his career. Started, I guarantee you, if he was with the Jets, he he would be done well, with his career. Right? We know that. Um, I guarantee. You. So so. I, but anyway, in this game, I mean, oh. You know, I mean, this is the worst game I have from a from a uh, you know. Now maybe you want to look at the are you, is the are you looking at the running back? Is that what you like here? I I think you could play Khalil Herbert and and yeah. um, pharmacist mentioned it as well. Herbert has taken over. Her, Herbert will be this top guy. Like um, Williams is back. D will he's back, but I think Herbert is going to be the guy, right? I think he's the he's the lead back while Montgomery is out. And if the Bears are winning the game, they're going to lean on Herbert. And that's it's going to be a low-scoring affair. Herbert can catch a pass or two. Um, you know, I don't like the fact that Williams is there as well. But if you look at last week, it, it, Herbert Herbert's the guy. So to me, the only way the Bears even make this game competitive is leaning heavy on the run because that's what they do. They're definitely not going to lean on. Um, they're, they're definitely not going to lean on Fields. And if you look, Herbert seventy-seven percent snaps, sixty-two percent of the carries. He uh, and and targets. He's cheap. This is the guy you want to play this week. Everybody's scared of the 49ers defense. I'm not I ain't scared of it. And I'm going to play Herbert. I think he's the right, he's he's playable in DFS. I get the game is gross. It's but we need we need salary savings. We need value. And he's the closest thing we kind of have to that on DraftKings. So I think he's very much in play. And the flip side of it, I, I don't like a whole lot from the San Francisco side either. Bears defense is good. As bad as their offense is, their defense is pretty good, John. And and um so while Elijah Mitchell is definitely the lead back for this team, and I like that, they definitely don't throw to him very much. They throw to Hasty, so it's basically Mitchell running, Hasty receiving, Trey Sermon. Sorry, didn't work out. You drafted him, you could drop him. Trey Sermon, they don't like him. They don't like him. It, it it's not happening, right? And beyond that, all the passing goes to Debo Samuel. So Debo Samuel is definitely interested. Interested. It's it's rare. Can you see this? Wait, let me let me make us uh, let's put us here. It's rare that you get a uh, a wide receiver who's averaging thirty seven percent of the targets and pops to forty percent on occasion. Those numbers are beyond elite, guys. Those are the kind of numbers that you don't fuck around with. You can expect Debo Samuel if they throw twenty five times, Debo Samuel will get ten targets in the game. Uh, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. He can deliver the pass to Debo. That's my back punk. That's my ball, punk. That's what Debo says. Debo's out there. He throw to someone else. Like Debo comes back to the Debo comes back to the. Anytime they throw to somebody else on the like Ayuk. Every time they throw to Ayuk, that's my ball, punk. Like he don't allow it. He bullies them. He's a bully. You can use if he wins you money. It's going to be as the only guy. The only guy in another. You one know, off. the only San Fran guy. It's going to be in someone yes. else's stack. Yeah, one off. It's one off. You're not stacking this game up. That's why um, it's a gross game. All right, let's go to the next game on the docket. We have got the Steelers taking on the Browns at the Browns. Three and a half point 
total uh three and a half point spread for Cleveland. 42 point game total. Now, John, in the playoffs last year, these two teams had one of the most epic high scoring games I've ever seen uh played in an it was like amazing and so unlikely. But I'm not sure the hobbled version of um both quarterbacks here, Ben Roethlisberger coming off a bye week, but it's been banged up. Uh, you've got you've got uh, Baker Mayfield banged up as well. Not a whole lot of pass catcher interest on the Browns at all. Their wide receivers are all a disaster. I don't really know what to make of this one. Najee Harris is great. Maybe it's the Najee Harris show. Um, Chubb is back. I think Chubb is going to split touches you will not see Chubb get more than his usual workload his usual workload might be enough but Dearness Johnson's going to be in there playing the Kareem Hunt role so what do we do with this one well from a betting standpoint I'm I'm not on this game at all uh the public is on the Cleveland side I think it probably makes some sense about one and a half x more um tickets and money coming in on the Cleveland side of this game so I'm not not shocked there curious on the over under since you mentioned how how big the um what the what that game was last year of what um, it was one of the high you remember in the playoffs I, I won um I actually won the the playoff GPP that day with the weirdest stack where I had Ben Juju Claypool and Deontay Johnson all in the same all in the same stack with I believe Jarvis Landry like it was the ultimate ridiculous game stack that no one would ever use and i also had connor in that one so it went beyond ridiculous no optimizer worth its salt would allow for such a crazy stack but i handcrafted it and it took down um uh you know one of these ten dollar 20k to first contest one of my favorite um lineups i've ever made any lineup that wins you a lot of money is going to be one of your favorites that's for sure yeah but that one was so unusual i remember thinking there's no way this can win there's too many players from one team, and and there it was. The total in this game is interesting, though, right? So this you could have gotten this at 47 uh, a few weeks ago. Then it was like 45 and a half was the look ahead line here last week. We're at 42, right? Is that is it pretty much 42 universally now? Yeah, I mean it's 42, 42 and a half, 42 right? and a half so. in some spots. So I mean this thing has dropped dramatically, and the public's actually coming in on the overside of this game. I mean 42 seems. Seems low, but yeah, I mean, both both these offenses have struggled a little bit. Uh, seems to be a common theme, but the only the well, obviously, the sexiest part of this game is 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 Johnson, right? We saw. No, I again, think it's I think it's Najee Harris, really. Um, oh, so you like Najee Harris? But we here again, though. How many times do we have to prove that drafting a running back early in the in in the real draft is is useless, right? You've got Chubb dominates, Hunt do like if it was just Chubb playing, we'd be getting a ton of points from Chubb. But it's always been Chubb and Hunt kind of taking points away from each other. Then Hunt plays, he's great. They bring in some guy off the street, and he runs for 150 yards. Like that's a really good offensive line that they have, and so that's what it's more about. So it drives me nuts about you know people arguing Saquon Barkley and like a lot of good he's done yeah. Um, so. Yeah, so that I think you always want to have you always want to have the Cleveland running game, especially when it's one guy. And right now it's one guy. Right. I think, yeah, I mean, so the big the big thing with this game, you know, with Juju Smith Schuster out, it does increase the target expectation for these other guys. Um, you know, it's an interesting question, Trey uh, Claypool or Jones. 
I'm probably going to go Claypool there, but I think they're both so similar. I don't think you can go wrong. Like Jones is fine as well, but overall here, you know, yeah, Deontay and Claypool should see a target spike with no Juju Smith Schuster in the mix. And you saw it, you saw it actually, you know, who got the targets last week was, was the tight end Fryermuth. Like they went to him, the Smith Schuster targets moved over to Fryermuth, which is really, really interesting, but I don't count on that happening every game. I think um, they'll shift back over to uh, potentially to Claypool here. So, yeah, I think, I think one of these wide receivers can potentially be in that, that same, uh, that Debo type of uh, where we could use one of them. On a one-off. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to load up this game because of the low total, but we can get a one-off going for sure. Cleveland side is way harder to deal with. Um, you know, Jarvis Landry's banged up. I don't think he's going to play. Odell Beckham sucks now. Let's just let's just keep it real. He's not good at football anymore. He used to be. He 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 made a good play that one time. He had that one catch. Right. He Living had on. another special catch using his helmet. Is Chubb out, or do we know Chubb? Chubb is supposed to be back for this one. Oh, if he's back, then yeah, then yeah, I would like. Nice I would be all over Dearness. Yeah. if Chubb wasn't there, but no, yeah. Chubb is back. But Chubb will not get any sort of special amount of targets. Chubb is going to split with Dearness here, the same way he does with Hunt. So I don't think there's going to be any sort of uptick in how much work Chubb gets. He's going to get the work, but it's not going to be more than usual. So you know, for all intents and purposes, the Cleveland side of this game looks horrific. Oh, now now Landry's saying he will for sure play. It's even worse because yeah, he's all worse. hobbled up. He's gonna play. It, it it it's not a good scene. Avoid this game. Deontay Johnson always playable. He's the cheat code. Uh, maybe Chase Claypool if he's cheap enough. Yeah, I don't not. I don't like Harris either. So I would just I, I'm with you on that with Deontay Johnson or or Claypool. Yeah, it's it's pretty much a bust of a game. All right, let's go on. Next game we have got the uh, Bengals at the Jets. Ooh, 10 point favored Bengals. This is a really interesting one from all sides. Not a game I want to watch, by the way, but but just of interest in terms of how to treat it for DFS purposes and for betting. I don't know. Jets are terrible. No quarterback. Um, Bengals minus 10 and a half. I think you got to bet the Bengals here. Yeah, the sh- uh, I mean, the Sharps are going to be on the Jets. Did you say no. on the Survivor Show not to take the Bengals? You got to watch this. Yeah, so you watch the Survivor Show. I didn't say not to take the Bengals, but if you're in a small pool... With um, this goes back to last week. I was setting this week up where I knew the Bengals were going to be a big pick. If you had the Rams available to you, I said, do not take them last week because you want to take them this week. That's going to give you a real big advantage. If you're especially in a small pool, you might have a chance to actually win the pool this week. If you have like 10 people left where everyone's going to be on the Bengals. If the Bengals lose and you're one or two people left with the Rams, you're in a great shot. You're in a great shape. And the Rams are a bigger favorite this week. So we haven't seen the big upset. Does it come this week? We'll see. Uh, tough to think that the Jets sands any sort of like NFL level quarterback all season, but including this game, um, you know, now Wilson out uh, some guy who's the backup. I refuse to commit the name to memory. And also they brought in Joe Flacco. I'm not sure if they're going to start Joe Flacco or they're going to start this other kid, but overall it's a fucking disaster. The Jets don't have a running game they can lean on. Like, at least the Bears can win a game or two with no quarterback, like with Fields, who's been terrible, because they have a running game and a defense. The Jets don't have those other two factors. They don't have a running game, and they don't really have a a good defense. So there's just nothing that leads to a Jets uh, win outside of, like, the most fluky, weird, 
crazy game you've ever seen. And I don't see it happening. Um, I, I, I think you could bet the Bengals minus 10 and a half and still be fine. Um, I think the Jets are going to struggle to score. There's no DFS interest on the Jets for me whatsoever. So the only question I have for you on the Bengals is, you know, it was a little weird last week, John, where they didn't play Mixon like they had been earlier in the season. All of a sudden, Mixon is splitting time with Samaji Pirine. As a matter of fact, it was a 50-50 split in rushes and a 50-50 split in snaps on what was a pretty competitive game. So uh, what the fuck is going on there? Because normally, this would be a load-up on Mixon. The the Bengals won't throw when they're ahead. They're a team that wants to go run heavy when they can. Are they going to do that? Like, how do we know? What do I do with this? And I can't play these guys. They're too fucking, it's fucked up. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look at that game. I'm curious because I I was at uh, I was in New York at a party, so I was kind of half watching all these games. Wait, 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 wait. You left the house and go to some party? I was in New York City this weekend. Yeah. What the fuck is that? I don't you're you're paid to study the games, not to have fun and have a life. That that is true. That is true. You're not allowed to have a life. Every once in a while, I like to leave the dungeon here and venture out into the real world. That's not acceptable. We'll have to talk about that. Not acceptable. There's no leaving the dungeon. But uh, yeah, so for real. You know, P. Ryan, I don't know what to do with Mixon here. I don't know what to do. I'm not sure because normally, right, if if we know that Mixon, if if we know Mixon's getting the bulk of the the snaps here, this is a smash. Like, got to love it. Right, projecting... The, the the running backs that's probably the best the best aspect of this game is Cincinnati running back best but position. you can't trust it but you can't, can't trust it. it right now so no. that's so that's tricky was he hurt I got to go back he, and look so I don't there have was a no Q tag there was no Q tag on him like if he was hurt it's a secret I don't know Samaj P Ryan didn't suddenly emerge as some fucking superstar this guy's been in the league for seven years. You know, was it was there a reason? Was it something? You know, because the Baltimore defense was pretty good. Was it just the game planning something for that particular game? Was it something that they saw? I don't know. It's hard. You know, one game's not a trend. It gets us nervous when it happens one game. Uh, I'm not going to totally jump off and mix him because I think this this is too good of a spot here. We like those big spread games against a team that can, really can't stop the run all that well. So I. I you know, I'll I'll definitely have a my share, decent share, and I'll probably wind up being over because a lot of people will probably be a little nervous about the same thing you are here. Um, it's just too good a too good a position, I think, too good of uh, a game script. I think he's priced up enough where I can avoid it and not have to deal with the mystery, one way or another. It's not like he's a bargain, so I'm paying up for a guy who I have no idea how many touches he's going to get or if he's now in a 50-50 split. I'm probably going to avoid it outside of like GPP, MME, like a couple percentage points just in case. But that is definitely not a situation. Um, yeah, when Pirine was hurt, I was all about mixing. But with Pirine in there, like it hasn't been that great. And they definitely seem to want to throw to Pirine more. So, yeah, it, it's it's a tough one. I, I'm not on it. And I think, you know, Jamar Chase is is certainly playable every single week. But there's nothing about this game that's going to force Burrow to have to throw to Chase. So much like some of these other big spread games, um, m- much like much like some of these other big spread games, yeah, the wide receiver quarter um, quarterback connection 
could work out, but there's nothing that really says it should work out about the way that the game is probably going to play out. So it's something we just want to keep in mind that, you know, Burrow might not need to throw more than 18 passes and then they just lean on the run and and, and close out a win. And that's not going to do it. So for some high priced wide receivers, that's the problem with these non-competitive games. There's nothing to force the quarterback to need to throw. So it's just us guessing whether they'll just want a style because they like looking good and looking sexy out there on the football field. I get it. Teams want a style, but like you never know when they're going to do that or they're just going to play conservative and win the game and move on to next week. You never know. All right. Another game like that, but this team has been styling a little bit is our Rams 14 and a half point favorites against the Texans here, 47 and a half point total. And we're just going to push through this, but John, I know I'm not a bet 14 and a half point favorites kind of guy. Is there anything here on a betting angles that makes you interested at all? I think it's too many points. I know I know Houston's terrible, but it's a lot of points. 14 and a half. We say that every week. Um, they usually cover it more often than not. They have been. Not last right. week. Did they cover yeah. last week? The Rams did not. No. Yeah, no. No. Competitive. But I'm saying teams in general, the double-digit favorites have been covering, uh, I think they're like eight and three, the double-digit favorites so far this year. Something like that. I think this one's too much. You know, I don't know. The Rams, I hate taking them off of the game because they didn't play a great game last week as a, as a big favorite. So you, you kind of think they're going to come out here and, uh, you but know, put a little bit better effort Can we out. talk that up to the revenge, the pressure, Man. all of that? Brady played bad at the Patriots as well. It's possible. It's certainly possible. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't unfortunately get a chance to watch a ton of the games. But, yeah, if I had a lean – um, it's going to be on the the Houston side of this game, and I, I would not have been looking at it, but I'll I'll just take a look. Um, oh, shocking! Actually, shocking that the money is slightly—it's basically fifty-fifty. That's not shocking. Money. Who the fuck wants to bet the Patriots? Why put your money on the Texans? Why would you put your no, money? No, my my shock is that the more people haven't bet the Rams. Well, the people are, are doing that, getting cute after last week. Listen. Because look at what the what was the other game that we were talking about, the lopsided game, like Cincinnati and the, uh, and yeah, the, the Bengals game. Like, like All the money is on the favorite, and it's not in this game. Well, maybe Tyrod Taylor might come back for this one. I don't think he will, by the way. I know that's uh, rumored. I don't think he's going to be back for this one. I think they might bring him off of IR and maybe practice him up for a week and, and bring him back next week. But um, overall, the Texans are in tank mode. They're getting rid of their veterans. Um, Cooks, Brandon Cooks could be traded before this game even happens. Um, I don't want anything to do with the Texans. Let me be clear on this. Nothing, nothing. I don't want Brandon Cooks against Jalen Ramsey. Fuck that. Hell no. Right. I don't want that. I don't want anything to do with the Texans, uh, at all. David Johnson. Now he's got the full workload. Don't give a shit. This is the Rams. That's not a spot I want to mess with. On the Rams side, it just comes back to what do they want to do? I think Darrell Henderson is in a smash spot just like he was last week. He disappointed in the smash spot last week, didn't put up a big number. We go right back to him. That's just natural noise and variance. Uh, Darrell Henderson, as a massive favorite against the worst, a terrible defense, should have opportunities to score touchdowns. They can't all go to Cooper Cup every single game. Go right back to Darrell Henderson here. He's the best running back play on this slate from a fantasy um, points per dollar projection and value perspective. There's he is he stands out well above the rest um, in terms of his projection versus his salary. So you play Darrell Henderson, you move on. Um, if you want to play Stafford to Cup again, go for it. Stafford, I don't think has 30 point upside 
in this game, and he's priced as a quarterback who does, but he definitely couldn't get to the 25, and all of those points go to Cup. I think Cup can be played standalone, and also Cup is so expensive that you can just not play him, and that's fine too. Um, there's a lot of different ways to approach it, but you know, at, at some point you have to also acknowledge that Cup has been the clear number one fantasy asset this season across everybody and all, including when you compared to Derrick Henry, no one has been a better fantasy asset than Cooper cup. So, you know, do with that, what you will. Um, when you're playing Stafford to cup, you're playing them in a non-competitive environment. Last week's game got competitive, which is, I think what spiked everything for cup and everybody. I do not think this game will be competitive at all. All right. Moving on, John Jags Seahawks. Jaguars on the road, three-point underdogs against the Geno Smith-led Seahawks team, 43.5-point total. Anything stand out here? Uh, let me see. I think I have this game. No, this wasn't one of the games. I, I seem to be on Seattle every single week, but I don't have them uh, this week. But, um, yeah, just look at the money. Is Which way do you think? Like, Where do you think the public is on this game? I think the I, I like the Jaguars, so maybe the public goes with me. No, the, the public public is going to be on. Yeah, public's on Seattle. Like the public's very rarely going to bet Jacksonville. So you like the Jaguars in this game? Yeah, I, I think that um, Geno Smith is is really really bad, and their offense just doesn't really execute that well. I do think that because Jacksonville is so bad against the pass, that it doesn't mean that you can't play. Like this could be the game where Smith no. actually does yeah, fine and throws it to Metcalf. Yeah, I think he could play Geno. Yeah, I, I don't really want to play him, but I, I get what you're saying. The the Jaguars are so bad defensively that like Geno actually could be productive in this game. But I also think that the Jaguars have been a little bit better each week offensively. I think that of all of the rookies, I'm seeing improvement week week over week from um, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence looks like a real National Football League quarterback. Um, the rest of them really not, you know, maybe Mac Jones, but for the most part, the rest of the rookies haven't looked, um, like NFL quarterbacks, even like they have the potential to be NFL quarterbacks, but Trevor Lawrence does look that way. And he's gotten better each week observationally. So I think that between Lawrence being a little more competent and James Robinson really just, just, um, smashing here that we have the potential for a pretty good offensive performance out of the Jaguars. I wish it was at home. I'd feel a lot better about them if this was a home game for them. Seattle's very loud place. But I think that on the Jaguar side, you can get some goodness both from a they can score a little bit and from a fantasy perspective. I love James Robinson in this game. This game is going to be – I think this this will be one of the better fantasy games, shockingly. You know what I like? Give me some tight ends in this game. Yeah, I mean, Dan Arnold. Give me Arnold. Gerald Everett. Yeah, that I like the tight ends here. I think, again, I'm not, let's not go crazy with the game, but I think this is actually a game that you can, you know, you could stat, you could take a comeback uh, with the quarterback and uh, stack this game. I do like Robinson as well. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, making Geno stacks, that's bananas. You could make a Geno stack in this game. All right. Uh, Geno for the I'm adding, um, uh, based on your recommendation, Gino, we're coming back with with Arnold, and then we're putting a whole lot of really, a whole lot of more expensive pieces. Uh, Robinson for sure, I think is is um, uh, you know the one thing about Seattle is they don't have much to lean on in, in terms of running back, so they're probably going to have to throw 
for touchdowns. I think it's uh, I, I'm I'm down with it. Okay, all right. We'll we'll add them to the mix this week. All right, last game on the breakdown. We've got the Washington Footballers taking on the Broncos on the road. Broncos three point favorites. And John, I kind of I don't know. I, I mean, I think the Heineke experiment has now come to its conclusion. I really thought he could emerge as a pretty good quarterback, but it's not happening. He overthrows everybody. I don't know if it's nerves. I don't know what's going on. Maybe he's not tall enough to be a national football league quarterback, but he's overthrowing everybody. And it's just, it's been disgusting. He wishes he was a little bit taller. Wishes Wish he, he was, was a baller. baller. Yeah, there yeah. it is. Yeah. I know that one. He's uh, I, I'm familiar. I have to take a little, I, I got to take, you know, cause usually when it comes to evaluating the, the uh, like you're much better at that than I am. <laughs> I was never a fan of Heineke. You you loved him so. Well, he looked good in that playoff game against the Bucks. <laughs> he, he did. He had he a did. good game. Yeah, he, he did. He had a couple good games, but this is why NFL. This is the difference. Like, imagine you're out on the golf course, right? And we don't have a lot of time. I'm going to tell a quick story, but imagine you're out on the golf course, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like I go to the driving range and I'm hitting balls like a fucking pro, straight far. I'm like, what is that? Two eighty? Come on, baby! And I'm smashing fucking golf balls, right? And then I get out on the course and I'm swinging and missing like one out of three. I'm not even hitting a fucking ball. I'm like, dude, how the fuck was I so good? And, and that's because I'm not an athlete. I'm not a pro you, athlete. I fucking you, you just pressure. You just described my baseball career. There you go. You I know, was you're out there in batting practice, practice I was a crushing baseballs, hitting home yeah, I was runs a legend in batting practice. Just like, you know. Yeah. But not that I couldn't hit, but much better at batting practice. This is why those that can do and those that can't play fantasy football. So Heineke, the minute it's kind of like what you see with Darnold too, the the pressure gets to them and and the mental isn't there, and with Heineke the pressure got to him. He lost all his fundamentals and he can't fucking deliver a pass with accuracy anymore. And you know, and then it turns into a, a fucking mess. The the brain is swimming. The coach is talking about how quote they need a franchise quarterback. There got there's a guy playing for them, and the coach is out giving interviews about the lack of a franchise quarterback is really what's holding us back. So I, I think it's very, very clear that the team has given up on him. And at this point, could he have a good game? Sure. Uh, but I ain't counting on it anymore. I think it's a tough matchup at the Broncos. I like the Bron Broncos minus three. I, I don't really know what to do in terms of betting it. I'm probably not going to bet a game like this. It's a gross game. Don't even want to watch it. But I, I will say that I did include Teddy Bridgewater as one of my plays at quarterback this week. And John, you're going to like my reasoning because the matchup screams play Teddy Bridgewater. Washington has given up the second most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. They've been as bad defensively as they have been offensively, shockingly bad. And I think that Teddy Bridgewater could throw a couple touchdowns to Noah Fant and Cortland Sutton in this game and do enough at his very, very cheap price tag to pay off. What do you say? When you adjust for the teams that they played against, Let's go to Washington's actually the worst against the quarterback. There we go. Let's go and to the they power are the rankings. Worst, they are the worst against the wide receiver this year. All right. Canada. The power rankings, your, your non-biased sheet here says that the expectation is for Denver to throw for 285 yards. That's a mean expectation for the Broncos here. And that takes into account Teddy Bridgewater and, and that has been and at when, the helm all season. Just, just compare that, like because that's including all the games on there. Dallas, Minnesota is not on this slate, right? The giant game is not on this slate. Like 
that's one of the higher totals here. I mean, it yeah. might be the highest outside it's of the It's not the highest. I mean, Tampa's a little bit above. That's yeah, why Tampa, we like yeah. um, Brady. Love Brady. Brady will be probably my top guy. And 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 maybe the Rams are a little bit above because they've been throwing so much. But this is number three. So no one's going to play Teddy Bridgewater. He's going to be 3% owned. No one's going to play Cortland Sutton. There might be the return of um, Jerry Judy. I'm not sure in this game. But, yeah, I mean, the, the play here is to hold your nose, swallow down the vomit, Take it back down. Don't spit it out. That's gross. Take it back down. Burn your throat. Burns on the way down, John. Burns Go on ahead. the way down. You don't you have a don't you have an OnlyFans page that describes this a little bit better? I, spit or swallow. I, I have a whole I have a video. I talk about that. Throw up a little bit. Take it down. If you're in a public place, you got to take it down. Private. Spit it out. Spit or swallow. So, OnlyFans slash spit or swallow. You want to learn more about that but um as far as uh you're gonna hold your you're gonna hold your nose play some teddy bridgewater it's gonna feel gross but at least you can stack him with pretty good uh wide receiver talent in fant and and Cortland sutton if if jerry judy was back i'd actually have some interest in playing him there's not really any bringbacks if i think you could bring it back with terry mclaurin i guess you could stack this game yeah fine you, you could you know so it's you, a great back here it's a dirty disgusting stack but you can do it um so yeah i mean that that's gonna do it guys for the nfl week eight slate of games remember the the sharp app contest you want to download the app leave a review let us know you let texan know in our discord or you can hit up either the dfs army or the sharp app twitter and let us know hey i downloaded the app dropped a review. That's all you got to do. You're going to be entered in a random draw to win three $100 DFS tickets. You can use them as you like for the spy. It's, it's $300 worth of DFS. Top 10 are going to get a year of Sharp Pro as well. This is a lot of free shit to give out just to get an awesome app where you're, I believe tomorrow, John, we're going to get the props finder tool, which is the greatest asset you're ever going to have it's exact i've been waiting for it for myself all season long i'm I know, sick you of never looking stop up talking props. about it you don't understand i'm sick of looking up props i gotta fucking search all these different sports books or i gotta go to the game center i gotta go through a million different players to find aaron Rodgers' projection for tonight i want to know how many yards aaron is going to fucking throw for without having to take a million steps this is going to do it for you so you're going to love this new tool maybe today maybe tomorrow on the app Get it, download it, review it, let us know. I'm not going to tell you have to give a great review. If you want to give a bad review, do it, but we're going to hate you forever. I will know who you are, and I will hate you forever. So keep that in mind. Not saying what to do, just saying I'll hate you forever. So that'll do it for this one, guys. Remember to sign up for DFS Army as a VIP. Promo code GEEK gets you 10% off. Best time of year for that. For John Sensational, Alessia, and myself, Kevin the Geek Allen, good luck this week. Let's smash those. Bets, let's crush those DFS lineups. I'll see you at the top of the leaderboards. <laughs>